Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, your daily assist, uh, coming your way here momentarily. We'll get Chris's thoughts on uh, the upcoming finals as well as the coaching carousel, which I don't know uh, when the last time this many kind of certainly interesting jobs have been open at the same time, Gordon. Yeah, and name coaches too. I mean, this, you know, when you have Dan Tony and then you got uh, you got uh, Doc going in the same year yeah that's that's uh interesting stuff well let's get to it austin hit it it's time for your nba fix this is the big show daily assist featuring all the latest news and insight on the association now joining the big show senior nba writer for sports illustrated chris mannix on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online uh, at leesheatac.com or 801-747-LEES. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit tmobile.com for online services and local spo- uh, store availability. From Sports Illustrated, he's our friend Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, give us your thoughts. We found out in the last hour Doc Rivers is not going to be back with the Clippers. Your reaction? Uh, surprising, not shocking, um, you know, especially given how that Clippers season ended, blowing the 3-1 lead. And, you know, Doc, as we all know by now, it's the second time in the last five years that the Clippers have blown a 3-1 lead. They've never gone as far as a conference finals. So all those things kind of add up. Uh, all that being said, I, I look at this as a staggering overreaction to what happened in the bubble. I mean, the bubble is not – it's just there, there are too many variables at play that wouldn't be present during a normal season, not the least of which is, for the Clippers, the fact they had so many chemistry issues coming into all this, whether it was COVID-related or you know strip club-related in the case of Lou Williams – uh, or injury or, or ill or family reasons like Montrez Harrell. I mean, these are all variables. Plus, you don't have home court. I have a hard time believing the Clippers would have lost up 3-1 on their home floor to the Nuggets. I, I just uh, – this isn't necessarily a full-throw defense of Doc Rivers. I think he's got his flaws as a coach. I just think it's a it's a pretty big overreaction to, to fire him based on what we saw uh, in the bubble. So, I mean, it, it, the Clippers are now – Gonna have to scramble to find a head coach. Several of the top ones are already off the market, um, and you know next year obviously is an incredibly important year for the team. So Doc had a couple of years left on his contract, uh, Chris. And then, uh, do you think this is a re- this reaction of which you speak? Is it Steve Ballmer who's invested so much money in this enterprise, and he you know he just has had it up to here? And do you think he'll go? Uh, for a coach like uh, assistant Ty Lue or, or, or a bigger name guy? Well, it's it's hard to say who ultimately pulled the trigger at this point, but you have to believe that it has Ballmer's fingerprints on it. I have a hard time believing that, you know, Lawrence Frank, who Doc hired as an assistant coach during his days in Boston, you know, brought him into the Clipper fold, 
uh, is now the president of basketball operations. I have a hard time believing that Lawrence did this on his own. Um, so I, I figure that Balmer, for whatever reasons he had, has to have his fingerprints on this one. As far as, as where they go, I mean, Ty Lue makes some sense, but I wonder, you know, Ty Lue has elevated, has jumped on a head coaching job that became available after a firing before, right? Did it with David Blatt and with the Clippers, but this is not a David Blatt situation. Doc Rivers is Ty Lue's mentor. Uh, I don't know that he would just be willing to jump into that spot and and take it right away. Uh, there are some other coaching candidates out there. Jeff Van Gundy is certainly a veteran coach who's coached veteran teams before. He might make some sense. I wondered, and I said on Twitter, I wonder if you call Phil Jackson and see what Phil Jackson has to say about coaching. Now, there are myriad reasons why Phil wouldn't take the job, not the least of which he's 75 years old, and you know his body has been breaking down for years. But it's been a few years since Phil's been out of the game, and you always wonder if a guy that exited the way Phil Jackson exited in New York with you know, really a lot of negativity around him, would he want to get back in to – you know, kind of make his last NBA appearance a good one. And Phil wouldn't have to sign a long-term deal with the Clippers. I mean, this is really a two- or three-year operation with with this group. Uh, and the fact that it's in L.A., you know, a chance for Phil to stick it to the Lakers, I mean, I just – I think there are a lot of intriguing aspects to the idea of calling Phil Jackson, seeing if he's interested in the job. Is the Clipper job the best job available right now, and what are the top two or three? Well, it's probably the job you can jump on that gives you the best chance to win a championship. Um, you know, the Sixers are a very good team, and in the years to come could be a championship team, but they haven't proven they're on that level. Uh, the Rockets, they're a mess. You know, right now the Pelicans are young and interesting, but they're not uh, a great team necessarily. The Clippers, you know, have a finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard, an all-star in Paul George, and a deep roster, at least as soon as they get through free agency that, you know, on paper should be really good. So, yeah, I think the Clippers' job is is a solid one. Um, it, it just comes with a lot of pitfalls, especially for a young coach. I mean, you, you almost can't go down the list of these, you know, credible assistant coaches, guys like Ime Udoka and Steven Silas and, and the many others that are out there. You have to hire somebody that can handle this roster, and that really limits the the numbers. It's Ty Lue, it's Jeff Van Gundy, and it might be Phil Jackson. So I I, I wonder where they go with this job because – Remember, next year, after next season, whenever it starts, you know, Kawhi Leonard can become a free agent. Paul George can become a free agent. And you could see this thing unravel in Los Angeles very quickly. So if you're a betting man, Chris, do you think you'll see Doc coaching next year, or will he be in a, in a TV booth somewhere or whatever? You know, I could see him in a TV booth. He's been a head coach for a lot of consecutive years now. I don't know what the number uh, is is total, but, you know, he went from Boston straight to L.A., and – that's been a long run for Doc Rivers, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him take a year off and do some TV stuff and then see what's available to him uh, next year. There could be a number of good jobs open you know, next year and the years to come, and he's always going to be a top candidate for any of them. So, yeah, they, you know, we know Doc can do TV extremely well. He's done it in the past. I wouldn't surprise me at all to see Doc in, in a television broadcast in some capacity in, uh, next season. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, what would you think of the finals matchup we're going to get, Chris? I, I love it personally, but what are your thoughts? Well, it's certainly interesting. Um, y- you know, LeBron against his former team, you know, the, these young Miami players with an opportunity in a big moment 
Uh, so I like that. I, I just have a hard time seeing Miami's path to victory here. I mean, it, it, the Heat have the same problem a lot of teams have had in these playoffs. How do you stop LeBron? Who do you have? Uh, Bam Adebayo is there, but I would imagine we're guessing now that Bam, you know, starts off on Anthony Davis and tries to control him. And then where are you going on, you know, LeBron on-ball defense? Are you talking about Jimmy Butler? I, I certainly hope you're not talking about Duncan Robinson because that would end badly. Uh, Tyler Hero off the bench. I mean, they just, you know, Jay Crowder is certainly there to to provide some some defensive support. But I don't know what he does with LeBron. I mean, it's just it's just t- tough to see how. A LeBron-led Lakers team loses this series. They'd have to shoot, I think, extremely poorly from three-point range, which is they're capable of. They've they've done it in their losses, but they'd have to shoot extremely poorly from three-point range in my eyes to lose this series. What happens with the Celtics now, Chris? Uh, is Gordon Hayward a short timer there, or is there going to be a change? Well, I mean, I think the conversation with Gordon is: Do you want to opt out of your contract and sign? a longer-term deal that has less annual value but uh, a greater total number. And that's been done many times in the past, and it's possible given Gordon's relationship with Brad Stevens that that we see that happen. Otherwise, Gordon's going to opt into that contract. Why wouldn't he? He's not going to get anywhere close to the $34 million he's owed um, you know, with the team. I Look, there's no two ways about it. Gordon was extremely disappointing uh, in this, this Miami series. He had a couple of good moments, but it's, you know, especially in that game six, he was nowhere to be found. And, yeah. look, I think some of it you can certainly chalk up to, you know, having you know, no legs because you're coming back from an ankle injury. But he's missing layups. He's short-arming shots. And defensively, I didn't think – I felt like he was kind of going through the motions there at times. Uh, that was just unacceptable, you know, for the Celtics. So, like, their hands are tied in a lot of ways with Gordon. I mean, he opts in, he opts in. That's kind of the way it goes. But um, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Celtics approach him about, you know, you know take, opting out of this deal – to give them some more flexibility in signing a three-year deal at a, uh, a bigger number. You know, Chris, when I saw the way he was playing in that game that you mentioned, I, it reminded me of when he was a rookie and he was almost intimidated by the people around him. He, he, he wanted to be, it looked like he didn't want to be on the floor. Like, it, it, And if the ball came to him, it was like, here, you take it. Uh, it. It just seems weird to those of us who saw him play the way he did later here. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know how much had to do with coming back from an injury that cost him a month, and you have to think that has to have factored in in some way, shape, or form. But you can't be timid like that in the postseason. You certainly can't be timid like that in an elimination game. And, you know, uh, Gordon, you know, last season deservedly got cut a lot of slack coming back from such a major injury. But, you know, you need more from him. You need him to be uh, a playmaker. You need him to be a shot maker when they're open. You need him to give decent defense. He didn't do that much in that Miami series. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm also not entirely sure how much Gordon likes Boston. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have a specific example of that, but I'm around that team all the time. And I don't, I don't know that he, he loves it there necessarily. So look, money ultimately talks and, you know, you're not going to turn down whatever version of 34 million you're going to get in, in next year's season, whatever it may look like. But uh, I, I don't know if Gordon's all that invested in staying in Boston long-term. Sticking with the Celtics for a second, to evaluate Brad Stevens' performance in that series against Miami. Not his best, certainly. Although I thought he got better as as time went on. I mean, they 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 really struggled with the zone in those first couple of games, and they seemed to figure it out, especially in those last few. Uh, I, look, I, I think Brad could have done more. I thought Eric Spolster won the coaching battle in that series, but I feel the same way in, in a way about Brad that I do about Doc. At some point, guys got to make shots. I mean. 
Marcus Smart just jacking open threes is you got to make them. It's as simple as that. I mean, you know, the Clippers blew a couple of big leads in that Denver series. A lot of that has to do with guys not making shots. I mean, there's only so much a coach can do in a suit on the sidelines. It's just it's, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to fire the coach. I get that. But players have to have some accountability. They have to have some, some responsibility. If you're not making shots, it's not on the coach. I mean, practice more. Make those shots. Be better. Uh, and I thought the Celtics, especially in the fourth quarter of that game, game six last night, they just missed some open shots. And they went back to playing selfishly. They went back to playing isolation. They went back to shooting threes instead of going to the basket. I mean, that's a lot of that's on them and, and not so much on Brad Stevens. Hmm. Uh, what's your evaluation, Chris, of Bam Adebayo? I, he's great. And, look, it's, you know, the difference, I mean, like Bam Adebayo is one thing, but, like, the difference in this series with the Celtics and Heat can be identified in the body of Tyler Hero. I mean, Tyler Hero – was drafted 13th overall last year and played great. Romeo Langford, people know who he is, was drafted 14th by the Celtics, didn't play at all, had an injury, uh, but wasn't a factor even prior to the injury. So, I mean, it, to me, it, it, a lot of the success of these teams comes down to how often you hit on these mid-range picks. I mean, Miami hasn't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, this rebuild. I mean, you guys know they've handed out some horrifyingly bad contracts in the last few years. I mean, Tyler Johnson was a bad contract. You know, Kelly Olynyk was a pretty bad contract. I mean, they've just been giving out some bad deals in recent years, but they've been able to, you know, cover for it by drafting really well. I mean, Adebayo was 14th overall back in 2017. He was developed flawlessly over the last three years and has turned into the kind of two-way player that is going to put him in all-star consideration every single year. Uh, so if you're, if you're a team out there, and I, I say this to you guys, I'm sure, all the time because I say it everywhere else, like, it's not rocket science. Like, the Celtics can be a championship contender next year if with the 14th pick they have in the draft this year, they hit on it. Like, if they get a guy that can play like Hero can, uh, you know, they're right back in the mix for contenders. If they don't, uh, you know, they'll be you know a body short against some of these top teams in the Eastern Conference. As far as the Lakers go, Chris, what do you think is the key to their success in this finals? What do they need to do? It's all three-point shooting with them. You know what you're going to get from LeBron. You know what you're going to get from AD. Uh, you know, in all their losses, they've shot under 30% from three. That's that's the common denominator in the games they lose. Some of them they shoot under 20% from three. So, you know, you got to watch the Alex Caruso's and uh, the Danny Greens and the Contavious Caldwell Popes. I mean, I don't know if Miami's going to play as much zone against the Lakers as they did uh, against the Heat. It might make sorry as against Celtics. It might make some sense because they don't really have a de facto LeBron stopper. Uh, but if they do, it's going to leave those shooters open. And, you know, if, if those guys knock three-pointers down at a 35, even 40% clip, it's going to be a very short series. If they wind up missing and going below 30, uh, Miami's got an outside shot at winning. Chris, LeBron James is one of the most freakish athletes I've ever seen in my entire years of watching sports. How long can he keep doing this? Or have you seen evidence of him – aging or slowing down or being less capable one way or another? Not really. I mean, you know, small areas when it comes to conserving energy during games at times, but how he played this year playing, I believe the fewest minutes of his career, one of the fewest minutes of his career was really remarkable. It makes you believe that it's, it's sustainable over the course of the next three or four years. I mean, he is, I look at all of his accomplishments this one ranks right up there to 
to come to a team in his second year after missing the playoffs the year before. Uh, yes, you added Anthony Davis, and that's a huge part of the equation, but they also turned the roster over again. They added new pieces. Uh, they had to deal with the death of Kobe Bryant. They had to deal with the hiatus, and they still, you know, gentlemen sweep everybody in the Western Conference playoffs. I mean, you know, Portland got one game. That was because they were sharp coming in. The Lakers weren't. Can certainly make the same argument for the Rockets in game one of that series. And Denver's the good team. So, I, I mean, it, you know, for LeBron to put up the kind of numbers he's put up in this postseason and for the Lakers to play this way, if they finish this off in a comparable manner, you can make a strong case that this is the best uh, season of LeBron James's career. And that's remarkable to think of when he's 35 years old. I know they're still playing, but you just hear nothing about Anthony Davis possibly leaving in uh, for free agency in the offseason. Is it pretty much kind of a, 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 a foregone conclusion he'll be back? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'd be, there's few things that would shock me more than if Anthony Davis left. He, he likes L.A. He wanted to get traded to L.A. He's got a great personal relationship with LeBron James. They're locker mates in the Lakers locker room when they're, there is a Lakers locker room. Uh, it, it's, it's impossible to think otherwise. I mean, this is what Anthony Davis wanted. He wanted to play deep in the playoffs, to have a chance to win a championship. For the next three-plus years, he's going to have that chance. Uh, they may not get it every single year and probably won't, but he's going to have an opportunity every single year. He's going to get paid the most to get a five-year max-level contract from the Lakers. There's, there has to be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about for Anthony Davis to walk away. Chris, why is Dwight Howard playing for the Lakers again after what happened his first time around? I mean, first, Dwight had no other options, of course. I mean, he, he <laughs> half the teams in the league had passed on him. And Dwight, as we know, had to effectively beg his way into this Lakers situation by taking a non-guaranteed contract with the team. But this is kind of the role that I think a lot of people envisioned for Dwight over the last couple of years. You know, being a either a backup or a starter who you don't build your team around. And that's been hard for Dwight to accept. I mean, Dwight... Going back to, to when he was with Charlotte a couple of years ago, you know, still believed he was the number one option. Still believed you could build a team around him. I think there's been a reality check. It has to have been over the last couple of years when, you know, the Nets cut him loose, the Wizards cut him loose, the Grizzlies cut him loose. Nobody wanted him, even if he wasn't uh, wasn't making a ton of money. I mean, the Lakers. You think about it, the Lakers wouldn't have touched him except DeMarcus Cousins got hurt. I mean, that was the reason they went out there and and signed him. And like, I think Dwight's willingness to accept this role has probably prolonged his career by two or three more years. I mean, there's no reason the Lakers wouldn't bring him back under a comparable deal, maybe a little bit sweeter, uh, next year. So, uh, I mean, I, I think Dwight, if not for this opportunity, would probably be playing in China right now and you know, maybe earning good money, but seeing his career just or his legacy just decimated because of the way it ended. Now he's got a chance to, to kind of rehabilitate his career over these next couple of years and, and define himself differently than just this, you know, uh, whiner or, or powder that he was with some of these teams and, and become a winning player. Chris, thank you very much as always. Enjoy your week. You got it, guys. It's our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated uh, with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is pretty amazing that the Lakers have been, you know, there was a lot of talk, especially in the L.A. area, about how good the Lakers were going to be this year. And they were predicted to do so well, but you know, like Chris said, last year, it didn't go so well. And you add Anthony Davis, yes, but there are some 
holes in that team, as you've pointed out many times. Pretty amazing that they've been as dominant as they have been. Well, they have the best player on the floor pretty much every night. And as we know in basketball, that goes a long way. That's why this is so fascinating to me to see if the team concept can pull the upset. Well, what happened a year ago? Well, I mean, the the team's gotten better. I'm not saying the team's yeah. a non-factor. I'm talking yeah. about the, the advantage that the Lakers have. Maybe I was surprised, I'm more surprised that they didn't do better with LeBron last year than I am that they are doing well with him this time. And remember, I, the Lakers were not a bad team uh, before LeBron got hurt last year. They were like fourth in the West. Oh, were they? Yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten that. And then by the time he came back, they were out of it. So he just basically yeah. went through the motions and then shut it down for the last month of the season. So, right. I mean. That makes some sense. The, it, 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 long story short, in basketball, it just helps. If you've got the best guy out there, I mean, you, you know, jazz fans know know this. John and Carl were the best players on the floor, what, you know, 85, 90% of the games they played. So they ran into the Bulls, huh? Yeah. And, and you can sum up those two series, really. I mean, as we kind of relive during the last dance, it helps to have Michael Jordan, man. And then, that, the, again, this is what sets up the finals to be as fascinating as they are. I'm not saying Jimmy Butler is not a terrific player. Bam is is really good. Uh, but it's it's kind of that same thing where you have a team trying to cull itself together, and they've played very well, obviously, in the bubble but going up against the best player in the game and maybe two of the best five players in the game. By the way, a quick update on the Doc Rivers situation. Uh, The Clippers released a statement that said it was a mutual agreement between Doc and Steve Ballmer. They mutually agreed. Yeah, I wonder how that conversation went. It went, hey, Doc, guess what you're going to mutually agree to? <laughs> you mean they didn't walk in and say, all right, I've got something to say. And he said, I've got something to say. And they said, let's say it on three. <laughs> and they both on three said, I want to break up. That didn't happen? That didn't. I don't oh. think. I would, no, I, would be, I, yeah. I would be surprised. All right, uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. And, uh, Gabe, there might be uh, a lot of people out there who are uh, ready to – well, I guess it wouldn't be mutually uh, part ways, I, I suppose, but part ways nonetheless uh, from their current provider because they're not getting what they need. Yeah, I mean that that is certainly the case. I mean, there's um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people out there that aren't necessarily being treated the way the way they should be by their provider in regards to the level of support and customer service that uh, that they might want when it comes to their telecommunication services, especially right now with remote workforces and. Uh, even some of the, like the natural disasters that happen, like the windstorms and things like that, and in terms of outages and getting people back online, not being able to get information and uh, and work directly with a provider certainly can can harm their ability to perform as a business. And uh, you guys are here for your clients. I mean, you've got tech support 24-7-365, and you're here. You're picking up the phone. You're you're able to respond so much better than everybody else. That is correct. Yeah, that's that is one of the things that we're committed to is having a a local presence here that's able to, you know, react and respond to, to what it is that the uh, the Utah business market really uh, requires and needs. So we 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 live and breathe in the same space that our that our clients do in Utah. SyringaNetworks.net is where you need to go. Uh, find out what Syringa can do for you. That's S Y R I N G A SyringaNetworks.net. Gabe, thank you very much. We'll catch up with you in a bit. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. That's our friend Gabe. 
from Syringa Networks. Again, S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. We'll have more Big hey, Show. Jay, yeah, hey, yeah, Gordon. I, I was just wondering if you'd ever heard of uh, Jack Kennedy. I, I, just, I wondered if, if you'd ever heard of him. Maybe Austin has never heard of John Kennedy. I, I don't know. You said Jack Kennedy. You knew him well, huh? I'm just... I was just wondering if you guys have ever heard of him. Uh, well, he was uh, relevant uh, uh, in the '60s, Gordon, obviously, and uh, your your gal uh, Barbara Gardo was uh, relevant Greta in the '30s. And, and that was JFK, thirty years difference. J- yeah, JFK was born probably what ten years after Greta. Yeah, One when- was ten years old when the automobile was invented. <laughs> One was president in the '60s. One was relevant in the '30s. That's there's 30 I, I, years yeah. in between there, and one yeah, was, but, as you said, president. Right. You guys just, I'm, I can't believe you guys. I just, I can't believe, believe it, baby. Pe- now, maybe Austin, I get that he doesn't, because, but Jake, you're an old soul. This, you've never heard of Greta Garbo. I, Vaguely I just, familiar with the name. I'll tell you this, it's becoming quickly one of the biggest regrets of my life that I didn't know who she was. I'm Why sick of hearing about it. Well, I'm just trying to teach you, that's all. <laughs> Education. I was more of a Mary Pickford fan. <laughs> <laughs> How about Marlene Dietrich? I really liked, uh, let's Betty see. Betty Davis? Uh, Louise Brooks. I was a big fan of her. Maude Feely. Boy, was she talented. Don't forget about Gene Harlow. Uh, let's huh. see here. Dolores Del Rio was a real stunner. Spring Byington? she get it done? <laughs> what about Beulah Bondi? Mm. Oh, Anything? finally, a name I've heard of, Ginger Rogers. What about Max Linder? Wait. You know Ginger Rogers, but you don't know Greta Garbo. Yep. Next question. Okay, I just uh, I just came up with an article that says the ten best silent movie stars, and Greta Garbo <laughs> is on. <laughs> so she really wasn't in the talkies. We really are talking about. That's silent what I said movies. earlier. Yeah, that she was in movies before there was sound. Wow. That's She's something. one of the most famous actor actresses in the history of movie making. Okay. Yeah. And Mr. Movie himself didn't know who she was. Hmm. Let's think of a modern day star to compare her to, uh, Austin. Rosie Perez, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think more people know who Rosie Perez is. Do more is. people yeah. know Rosie? Okay. All right. No, 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 no. She'd be more along the lines of uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. No? Yeah. I don't know about that. All right. Sorry. I, I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, but I, I'm shocked. I am shocked that you guys have never heard of Garbo. I wish I did. I'm trying to think of D-list celebrities so bad, and I can't come up with <laughs> more on the lines a, of Omarosa. No, she was an A-lister all the way, man. Come on. Who won season three of The Bachelorette? That gal. <laughs> that that lady. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. More nags, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We've talked a lot of NFL. We've talked a lot of college football uh, today as well, Gordon. Tanner Mangum is going to join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Looking forward to talking to Tanner. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on what he saw from uh, Zach Wilson over the weekend, Gordon. And I would guess uh, Tanner was uh, probably uh, pretty impressed just like we uh, we are. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, BYU is, is on a roll, on an early roll. So we'll see if they can keep it going against less than stellar competition. But uh, but they're good this year, man. They, they look different to me. And I get it. They're not playing uh, really tough opposition. But, man, the way they're coordinated, the way they're playing with, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, their lack of penalties. I mean, this, this group seems like, through all the distractions that have gone on, that they're pretty pretty focused. By the way, did you see this? Uh, I, forget, I, I forget who sent this out, but somebody on Twitter uh, said that uh, Paul George got his coach fired. Now they should call him layoff P. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it's actually pretty clever. Uh, stick it up. You know, because I, I just don't believe that that, like we talked about earlier, I don't believe that the Doc Rivers – decision was mutual in any way shape or form i think he he walked in there steve Ballmer said i'm angry i'm an emotional guy i expect results and this result wasn't good enough you're gone uh sticking with byu for a second gordon because i i i do have an opinion i i thought that they were going to be good this year i i did because and I, I talked to you about it i didn't you know they had an upperclassman quarterback which is usually the rep, uh, recipe for success at byu and i like it that the cougars got back to what made them really good back in the day and and that's dominant o lines and and bronco got away from it and i kind of get why he did because he wanted to go with the go fast go hard offense because of fit with his personnel with Taysom hill at the time and he brought back robert and i from uh, Rich Rod's system there in Arizona, and that's what they went with, and that you know calls for a slimmer offensive lineman that's in a little bit better shape. But BYU for decades had tremendous success uh, recruiting a lot of talent at that particular position, and uh, that their recipe was kind of great quarterback play, great old line play, and then uh, you know I'm not trying to downplay the skill position players, but I mean they've gotten back to that a little bit, and it's not really a surprise that they've found their best quarterback, in my opinion, since Max Hall uh, throwing the ball. That is, I don't want to you know Taysom could do some pretty extraordinary things, but throwing the ball that they would have their best team that they've had in a long, long time. Yeah, Taysom wasn't a great quarterback. Uh, he he was he was a great athlete. And they won a, bun- a they won a bunch of games. I don't know, you know, the top end success wasn't necessarily there, but he won a lot of games. I don't want to not give somebody their due, but I think as far as being quarterback play, to your point, Gordon, I think Zach's the best one they've had since Max Hall. Speaking of which, Taysom's fumble yesterday really hurt the Saints in that game. But uh, anyway, yeah, he's a terrific athlete. There's no doubt about that. BYU, one thing they 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 have they don't have this year that they've often had in the really good years is uh, their tight end situation as they're developing and they're going to be good i think but uh, the loss of matt bushman can you imagine if this offense had that guy too yeah i, I mean 
it's already really good, and he, of course, would make it uh, would make it even better. But I do think I I think it starts there with that offensive line, and and especially playing this type of schedule, Gordon. And it's why I think you and I both really want to see him play Boise and that come to fruition, so they get a real test. But playing against some of these teams that just physically. Really on both lines because Kairos Tonga and the D line's been really good too. But they're yeah. just they're just manhandling uh, these schools, and they should because they're bigger and better, you know. But yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's definitely their key to success. And and you know Grimes has come in, and I, I won't say it it, um, it has been a hundred percent smooth in his tenure as offensive coordinator, but he has what he wants, and he wanted a dominant offensive line. That's his bread and butter. That's what he came up. That's how he came up as a coach. And uh, he's really developed one. You, we were talking off the air. You were talking about uh, what uh, uh, Christensen made the uh, pro football focus uh, list this week. And, uh, I mean, they've got – if you listen to Hanson, I'm trying to remember the numbers he was saying, but he thinks they've got three, maybe four NFL draft picks on the line currently right now. I think that's what he was saying. But I, And Christensen, I mean, he could be I – don't, I don't want to say he could be a first-rounder. I don't really know. But, I mean, I think he could be a high pick in the NFL. Yeah, they're they're good up front. There's no doubt about that. Look at the numbers, and these when you look at the numbers from that game, anybody who watched the game live saw what was going on. But when you circle back and look at the numbers, it reminds you of the old whack games that BYU played. And maybe there's some analogy there between BYU and Troy uh, compared to what we saw back in the day. But it wasn't just the score. Look at first downs, 32 to 8, Jake. 32 to 8. Is that good? Rushing yards, 192 for the Cougars, 19 for Troy. And by the and way, in a game where BYU really didn't run the ball that much, and they still almost had 200 yards. Yeah. And they, they had a three man front. Mm-hmm. And they held that team to 19 yards. This linebacking crew could be uh, quite good. Uh, passing 472 to 162, and total yards 664 to 181. And then get a load of this one, Jake. Time of possession, BYU 40 over 40, and Troy 1953. I mean, that that is just complete domination. In that game, and yeah, BYU's better than Troy. They should be the team like that. But the fact that they—how many penalties do they have in that game? Two, two penalties for 15 yards. When was the last time you saw a BYU team that mistake-free? I'm I mean, not even, sure in, I tr- I, even in the great years. In Lavelle's great years, they used to pile up eight, nine, ten penalties in a game. Two penalties in the whole game. That's uh, that's fairly astonishing. I don't care who you're playing. So it, 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 getting back to what you said initially, if, if BYU can't get anybody, if they can't get Boise State on that schedule, it'll be a shame yeah. because we need to find out. We need more evidence as to how good this team is and how good this team could be. And hopefully we'll get it. Uh, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about it after hearing the athletic directors this morning with Hartwell and, and Holmo. Sounded like it. Yeah, yeah, it did. All right, coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report, Tanner Mangum at uh, the top of the 5 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. And then Keont uh, Myers. 
host of Silver and Black Today and Locked On Raiders podcast. Our Raiders insider will join us at 5.30. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Who was he? Was he like Greta Garbo? What is Garbo Speaks? How old is Gordon? Was he born in like 1945? Because my brother, who was born in 1948, has no idea what his reference was about. Garbo speaks. What the hell? You don't know who Greta Garbo is? Come on, man. Wait a second. That sounded more like a Gordon Monson impression. But I really did know who Greta Garbo was. I'm 37. Gordon, who the hell is Greta Garbo? Never heard that name until right this second. Keeping up with Gordon Monson in the news. This just in... It's official. Nixon has resigned. Also, there is more investigations regarding the JFK assassination. Stay tuned for more Monson Current News. <laughs> Nixon has resigned. Oh, man, that is funny. Our listeners are hilarious. All right, welcome on back. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Uh, you know, it's uh, Florida. Okay. How oh, do we have to? Yeah, it's uh, kind of a crazy story. But... Apparently, a man in a neighborhood decided, uh, well, he heard the voice of God, and, decided, and God told him to go burglarize his neighbor's house. And so, Go forth and burglarize well, thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt. So, not only did he do that, but, uh, <laughs> and when he, when he burglarized his neighbor's house, the cops were called... And when the cops showed up at the burglarized house, they saw the uh, the perp in the front yard of his home, which was right next door. And he happened to be wearing uh, just gray briefs. That's all he had on. Wow. So when the police uh, approached said perp, the uh, the man, his name, uh, the alleged uh, perp, I guess, Robert Hoskins, uh, they uh, approached him, and he had a Bible in his hand, and with the Bible, he hit the cop over the head with the Bible. Wow. And uh, started shouting at the cop. Uh, and then he threw the book at the cop's face hitting him in the face and the jaw and uh the the whole episode was captured on uh on a body cam worn by the cop and by one of the cops and he said yelled at the police officers uh i condemn you (laughs) which uh the cops then tased the man and uh took him down and according to the arrest report, Hoskins' wife told the deputies that, uh, quote, he does have a drug problem. You don't say. Mm. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that part of the story coming. So uh, he. I did uh, when he said, we're going to Florida. The cops then, uh, they, <laughs> they cuffed the man 
and they took him to uh, to uh, the county jail. And when they arrived there, the man tried to escape from from them, and he uh, he defecated on himself. Oh, geez. so that's yeah. not good. This I guy mean, had a bad day. There's all kinds of bad things happening here. I thought that was a bit unusual. So that is a little unusual. Assault with a Bible—that's not uh, not a good thing. And yeah, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Okay. 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 Drugs bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> little South Park yeah. joke there. This yeah. is really yeah. This is really kind of sad. If you ask me. It is a, a little bit sad, but yeah. We, I I I thought the um, I condemn you part was was interesting. And is it, that a? It, he, he said that God told him to do it. Is that a yes. legit excuse oh. that is listened to? Like next time you're speeding, Gordon, and get pulled over, could you be like, well? I don't know what to tell you. God told me I had to go 105. <laughs> I don't think that's going to hold up no? in a court of law. No, no, no. It reminds me of that that fake report we heard. Uh, in fact, I think we played it a few weeks ago uh, of the man who was reporting that the lady was hitting people over the head with a Bible or something. But of all, I guess if you're going to attack someone with a book, uh, you might as well attack them with a Bible. That's been going on for thousands of years, isn't it? I, I guess, but couldn't you find a? I'd I'd like to find a book with maybe a little more heft, you know, like like uh, a dictionary or something. Like when's the last those, time you read the Bible, Jake? Like it's those, pretty big. One of those hard, you know, bound dictionaries. I don't know how many pages well, are in the Bible. Which like version the whole Britannica talking you're talking about? Oh yeah, maybe one of those. I've heard of uh, the saying, "He threw the book at him." Yeah. But uh, this was unlike anything. That, that that ought to be an arrestable entry yeah, there. That that joke. Probably so. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is time because it is Monday to get a winner for the Chevy Strong play of the game. Be caller twelve right now eight five five three four zero zone and correctly identify the Chevy Strong play of the game announced by DJ and PK this morning at eight fifty and you'll win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong play of the game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers only right here on the Zone Sports. Network. Tanner Mangum joins the show coming up next, but right now let's get out to the Zone Phone. Joining us now from Syringa Networks. Check him out, syringanetworks.net. He is our good friend Gabe. And uh, Gabe, you guys are, are perfect for what's going on right now with businesses out there and, and uh, issues that our listeners are deal, dealing with. Things are changing. The way we do business is changing. And Syringa Networks, you guys are absolutely equipped to help with that. That is correct. Yeah, we have over well over a thousand miles of fiber in the ground here in the in the state of Utah that uh, is is really poised to provide businesses um, reliable internet access and voice services and uh, ways to connect your businesses and ways to enable uh, businesses to collaborate with remote workforces and things like that. So we're definitely in a prime spot to help the uh, the business community in Utah deal with the difficult times that they're they're facing right now. And help uh, is is what you guys do too, because we've talked a lot today about service. But it, it, it's a big deal. You're here to help twenty four seven, three sixty five. You're local. You know what uh, folks are dealing with here, and uh, are more than willing to help with whatever problem might arise. Yeah, it, it's a huge deal. Um, you know, today if uh, if your internet isn't working, uh, if your voice service is not working, then you're you're in effect out of business. So having the uh, local customer service here. A local tech support, local engineering support, 
uh, for whatever IT issues or telecom issues or questions that you arise, we're definitely here to help with no matter what what hour of the day. All right, syringanetworks.net. Find out how the what Syringa can do for you. Syringanetworks.net, S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. Thanks, Gabe. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.